bars they have the alcohol oh yeah. hi guys yeah. <laughs> what an unusual pair i see before me the fuck do you mean unusual <laughs> cruel and unusual where am i yeah we're we're rocking a three for today first uh first three for since the br- big big old break i'm excited to announce the guests here with me today are my of, of course my lucky uh, prisoner escapee co-convict in question uh, as you most likely have watched or seen parts of our playthrough of A Way Out already up at this point. Um, My name of course it is Deputy Dewey. Vinny Dewdrop in the house. <laughs> you fucking you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're a cop. And of course how can I forget the ephemeral, the immortal those are Contradiction. Can, can of we words. just continue to call me DM for the night? You are. Where am I? Where am I? But that I'm, in the, <laughs> I'm still in the DM mindset. Of course, you're. You yeah. live in the DM I, mindset. I do live in the DM mindset. <laughs> it's how you work. It's how you operate. You're constantly playing 3D chess when everyone else is playing checkers. It's where am I? Of course, yeah. off, off to my left can, over here. Can we talk about how a random person out there in the world is wearing you on their shirt? Yeah, dude, that's like the best news that I've heard in a long time. I asked a bunch of people, and they all told me that it wasn't them. Yeah. So like. Totally to, uh, random subject. It came up during the uh, during the hangout because we are in a D and D group together. Um, someone had uh, shout out to the merch store. Yeah, hell we yeah. Have, we have a merch store <laughs> on on Redbubble. Bye bye bye. If you search El Capitan Muerte, you will be or lots of pasta. It's tagged on everything. Lots if of you pasta search, merch to the moon. If you search Lots of Pasta Merch on Redbubble, you will find it. Um, it is under my artist profile, El Capitan Muerte, and you can buy stickers of your favorite readers. You can buy a shirt of the logo of the show. You could buy a shirt of the banner of the show. I had, of course, done a culmination using all of our uh, talented cast in both of those group ensembles. Um, you can buy a small amount of pasta. We you can you can buy an adequate amount of pasta. That's it's not lots or lots. We're in a recession. Yeah, just because when when you get into the lots part, the shipping costs get a little crazy, and you know it's you it's expensive. Go I'm not gonna lie, it's point. expensive. It's like three bucks for like a sticker, but like. You know, apparently it's I mean, really great quality. Yeah, the sweatshirts are really nice. So, so like, I've had here's mine the story. For literal year. This is a story all about how where am I bought a hoodie of himself and he wears it a bunch of yeah. places and no one really gets it. I, so I wore it to PAX in he 2019. He wore it to PAX. If yeah. you were at PAX in 2019, 
you saw where am I without even realizing it. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me warn you, there's an imposter out there who's also, who's wearing, also wearing where am a I? hoodie with where am I's face on it. Where I've asked a bunch of people. They all have said it's not them. So that means that someone out there likes this motherfucker's episode so much, or possibly just his design, yeah. that... I say it's a pretty sweet... That, uh, Alcoholic. <laughs> it's a Rick and Morty. It's a Rick and Morty version of where am I? Um, taken directly from my brain and how he actually looks in person. He has the he has the the paper hat on right now. As mm-hmm. the cans over his eyes and everything. The bottles are empty. <laughs> so um, the bottles are definitely not empty. They're actually <laughs> right, right gonna, gonna clank that. Gonna clank that. And uh, yeah, let's let's give her a clanks. Perfect. I like how both of you have beer and I have a fucking bottle of whiskey. Alcoholics. <laughs> and um, so someone uh, someone out there purchased a hoodie of Where Am I's face and they're also wearing it. They're not actually Where Am I. Only one of them is actually Where Am I. Let's start a movement where everyone buys that hoodie. And yeah. No oh, one, yeah, man. And no one knows where they are. <laughs> where Am I to the moon? So there you go. Um, Deputy Dewey. Nobody buys my shirts. It's because you're a cop. <laughs> yeah. So, you guys, you guys know what we're doing here today, or maybe you don't. But, uh, threesome. But it's the first time you guys have been on an episode together. Wow. Do you guys know of each other's episodes? Yeah. Even yeah. vaguely. He has a bunch more than me. He's been he's been on more. That's that's the only fairness yeah. there. Mine are, um, mine are more sporadic, but throughout the entirety of the show. We've also covered entire series, him him and I, whereas you and I only escaped from prison together. I mean... As your first series. I enjoyed it as much as you did. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> it makes me want to play that guy. That guy came out with a new game what? called uh, It Takes Two, and it's about a guy and a girl in like some type of adventure scenario. Called I've Dibs seen, on the Girl. I've seen a bunch of ads for it. We, uh, we going tango well, tonight. <laughs> I guess that means I get Dibs on the guy. That makes me the the dinosaur. (laughs) That's a a tough thing about threesomes, man. Like somebody might get left out, so like somebody has to be like on like on their game as like a sexual predator to do like both at the same time. And so not not unlike today's episode (laughs) where um, no, the complete opposite is happening. None of us are going to be count out, counted out today because today we are each reading one creepypasta story and putting it up against one no-sleep story to see who is the, the, the king of terror of the evening ding, ding, to ding. see which is, which is either more appealing of a story or scarier in general or whichever one we enjoyed the most. Um, most importantly, our opinions don't matter at all. We're just going to read a couple stories and you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Round one. Scare. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to start with just jumping into one of these fucking short stories? Oh, do, do I need it. to tell you the title first? Would that be more enticing to decide who does it? Is it you a cop? It's not you a cop. Damn. <laughs> do I have Do I have a taker for the first story? If, if you want I believe it's Deputy Dewey. I was going to say I would want to smack the bong. Before I start, you can smack but, the bong. Yeah, I was gonna say now I'll smack the bong and then listen. Y- you were you were going to be patient while I pack the bong. That's fine. While Deputy Dewey reads, 
The first story of the evening. I can't send you to jail if I'm not paying attention to you. <laughs> Entitled. <laughs> Holes. Uh. That's too damn bad. <laughs> so, so there's Stanley more. yelled at himself. There's more than one. So this yeah. is Holes. From Creepypasta. It began slowly, innocuously. Although the first appearance was quite sudden. There was no warning, no dent. It was just there. As if a small little hole had always belonged on my calf. I hate this already. Oh, man. It's like that. What's what's the what's the phobia of small holes? Is that trachophobia? Oh, yeah. Where oh, I don't like that. You know, like the little dents and mm-hmm. holes in your skin and uh, then on frogs' backs and shit? What's in there? What's, uh, I hate my belly button. Anyway. <laughs> as though it had always been there and always would. Oh, somebody's touching me right now. <laughs> I first noticed Take it. And after a quick moment's inspection... I thought that I should visit the doctor soon. Then, I went about my day and it promptly left my mind. The next time I noticed, I chided myself for not making an appointment. Chide. And once more thought to do so. However, this time, it seemed fascinating. Yeah, like stick a finger in there. Sickeningly so. <laughs> yeah, like what's up in there? Like On Jesus? On the outside of my left calf was this small, although rather too large hole. It's getting bigger, oh no. It was perfectly circular and completely black. Hey, man, those lives matter. He just starts shitting out of his calf hole. <laughs> oh, no. It was as if no light could pen- penetrate it. I studied it for hours, twisting this way and that, trying to see if there was more. I even used the torch to try and find what the cause was. Oh, my God, what? Yeah, what's the cause? The hole was too deep to see completely into. <laughs> and what I could see was regular-looking skin, and the rest faded into shadow. There was no redness, no swelling, and no pain. Once I had satisfied my morbid curiosity, I went to the phone to call the doctor. But on my way, it slipped my mind. Damn, dude, this guy, like, never remembers like to most, call the doctor. It's like it's easy to forget that the hole just appeared on your body somewhere without any pain or drill or anything. I think this guy is smoking the hashish. There is a case, uh, you know what? I just forgot what we were talking about. There, there are <laughs> holes in a bong. Oh. One moment, I was striding confidently, if a little panicky, Ain't towards the phone. nobody gonna break my stride. Ain't nothing gonna hold me down. A hole in my fucking calf hole. Ah, 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 ah. I got a hole. I got a hole. <laughs> there you go. In my, my, my calf. Calf hole. All right. Heading towards the phone. <laughs> no, it, was, it was good until the end there. <laughs> Next, I stopped, paused, and wondered who I was going to ring. Rings, holes, I get it. It seemed every time I saw it, I immediately remembered. But once it was out of my sight, it left my mind. This went on for a few days, then another began to appear. Well, now he's got multiple. I could see a small dent, perfectly circular, and watched as, over a few hours, it deepened. It happened imperceptibly? Imperceptibly. Oh, he's so good at reading. I was only aware of it if I looked away and back again. But... Curiously, each time I looked away, I momentarily forgot what I was looking at. They were completely erased from my mind. I can think of numerous times I glanced at my calf and saw nothing but smooth, slightly hairy skin. It was a week before I noticed them again. This time, there were seven. Holy shit, man. You gotta see the doc. You got them, uh, them herps. They had taken on a slightly honeycomb shape. Thin walls of skin separated each one. I used a magnifying glass but could not discern the cause. The only thing I was sure of was that they were there and they were not pores. 
When I next saw them, I was shocked and horrified. <gasps> I counted 15 and what appeared to be three more. That's 18 there, bud. Their overall honeycomb shape became more apparent. I stared at them for hours. Moving this way and that, seeing how they would react, they seemed to compress slightly if I stood as low weakened. They could no longer support my weight. I went to bed, troubled but unsure of what. I had written down, call a doctor about your calf now! Yeah, it's only taken you how many weeks? On a piece of paper, but when I looked <laughs> well, at it have, again, have a magic the writing was scribbled out. Obscured by thick black marks. See, he can't. He can't remember. Something is. Something is against him. Something is stopping. Uh, it's the Alzheimer's. Where am I? The Alzheimer's. It, it actually reminds me of a story that I read in middle school, um, which was, uh, I believe, the title was "Boxes" by William Slater. Um, I like that one. Yeah. yeah, and like the the style and just the setup in this very well reminds me of that story. I have that book. I'm thinking more of... I have a lot of his books. More of Stephen King's character in Creepshow, the Moss Man. How, like, <laughs> it just continues to grow on, boy, after touching a rock. Oh, you darn did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> when I awoke the next morning, I felt a strange sensation in my calf. Swinging out of bed, I glanced at the sheet and saw a strange yellowish liquid that had soaked onto the sheet where my calf had rested. The residue seemed sticky, almost mucousy. The area around the holes had a sheen and the skin was also coated. Counting, I found 34. Hot damn. I tried not to gag at the sight. The sensation returned, more uncomfortable than before. Quickly, I grabbed the flashlight and tried to see what it was, but I could still not penetrate the depths of those damn holes. Penetrate? Eh, eh, eh. Quickly, I looked for something, anything, that was thin and long. Oh no. Yeah, baby. I hate it. Let me poke myself a bit. I noticed that, as I walked, my left leg seemed to sink slightly as my weight was put on it. Oh no. Like a spring under pressure. Oh no. Finding a thin needle, I carefully pushed it into one of the holes. No. Slowly, so as not to accidentally stab myself. No. As it went deeper, the golden yellow liquid <laughs> oozed around oh, it, becoming <laughs> thicker and faster, flowing oh, the we're deeper. Make, we're gonna make where the my needle the went. Finally, it stopped. However, I could not feel the tip. Really glad I didn't have to read this. Story. I could feel the sides of the needle, but nothing else. I pushed it further and felt something writhing. Slowly, ever so slowly, I pulled the needle from my flesh, dragging more of that disgusting goo with it. A slight smell of rotting fruit filled the air, vile but with a sweetness to it. As the needle had left my flesh, I retched and vomited. Like, where am I? <laughs> On the end of the needle was a small black worm, wriggling as if it died. As I watched the creature that had lived in my leg squirm, I realized what the sensation was. It was coming from each and every one of those holes. Great. Something was inside each one. It is that phobia that I talked about. It's literally like note for note that fucking thing I talked about. Something that was squirming in each one. Something was burrowed deeper in each one. Shudders pulsated through my body as nope. I tried not to vomit again. No thanks. I stared at that tiny, dying creature, unable to look away. There was no time, no time to think, only to act. I made my way to the kitchen, and grabbing a sharp knife, I sat down and set to work. Oh, Great. buddy, oh, buddy. First, I cut through the tiny pockets of skin, allowing the holes to become... Uh, to become one. Then I dug out each and every one of the vile creatures. The deeper I dug, the more I found. Blood had began to full three, flow freely and fill the hole I had created. I limped to the bathroom, as you would, 
barely able to walk, <laughs> again, as you would, as I sat on the side of the tub and grabbed the hose. Hose in the tub. I could feel them My inside tub has me. has a hose. Ooh. I wasn't Hundreds, trying to be sexual. Perhaps <laughs> thousands, all gorging. Gorging. Turning the water on, I rinsed the wound clean, clearing my field of vision. As the blood cleared, I saw them. A writhing mass living inside me. Occasionally, one would fall from the group and squirming would be washed down the drain. At first, I used the knife to try and remove them. Then my fingers. Sausage fingers. What? <laughs> what was the spoon Sour guy? Salad fingers. Yeah. fingers. That's, that's quite opposite. <laughs> I felt something sharp bite into my hand. One of them had attracted themselves to the tip of the index figure. With a shout of horror, I cut it away from my flesh. I cut until I found tissue. Then I began to saw, hacking away, trying to remove them as much as I could. Clumps of those insidious things fell from my leg, my vision grew cloudy, and shooting stars of black and red flashed across my eyes. I knew I was going to pass out soon, and I still tried to work faster and faster, trying to finish the horrific job. I remember breathing deeply, then darkness. I awoke in the hospital. An untold amount of time had passed. A delivery man had looked inside my window to see if I was home and had seen a trail of blood. He had called the police, called Deputy Dewey on the cell. <laughs> yup, yup, that looks <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> that was a good impression of me. I tried... No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to explain my actions to the doctors. They didn't understand. There was no trace of those creatures, but I could still feel them. I could still feel them advancing burrowing deeper and deeper, gorging on my flesh, thriving in my warm body. Soon, they will burst forth. I will have to stop them. Somehow, I will. So, so psychosis. I know phobia. that the, the name of the story was Holes, but the name of the story should have been Meth. Meth, yeah, no, that's an accurate title. I agree, I agree <laughs> and thoroughly. It, it made us all squirm, it yeah, made us all I'm, uncomfortable. I'm physically sick to my stomach right yeah, now. Uh, the, I might grab a, a glass of water quick. Fun, fun oh. shout out to the last episode I had, Where Am I On? He uh, physically got up and left the room from Ooh, how gross it was. Nice. Good, good times. What was that good. one called? That was Pancake uh, Family. Pancake <laughs> Family. Yeah. Pancake you Family. You want to go to IHOP? He didn't like it too much. I have been to IHOP between then and now. Uh, do you have a jug of water down here? Or I do go? not. There are uh, bottles on the chair. Your mom's a jug of open. water because she's thirsty. Whoa. Captain Death, you read, you read. Okay, this is a fun one I heard. This is also from Creepypasta. It's called A Package Marked Return to Sender. Sounds like my ex. What does that mean? You put her back up inside her mom? Yep. <laughs> she left you for her mother? <laughs> Which she, is worse. She also had a package. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, I get it. I don't get it. You don't get it. What do you think <laughs> of when I say a, park, a, pack, a package marked return to sender? Uh, I think of somebody has moved out. Okay. The, po know. the post office has been pretty shitty this last year. Yeah, COVID. My neighbor is one of those annoying wannabe YouTube personalities. Over the years, I've seen him cough out cinnamon, lay flat on the hood of his car as it slowly creeps down the driveway, and douse himself in lukewarm water all the while screaming, epic win, epic fail, or fuck, epic maintenance of the status quo for all I know. 
it can get tiring to watch him go about his shenanigans in the pursuit of viral fame. So when he knocked on my door the other day, told me he was going away for a few weeks and asked that I get his mail, honestly, it was a relief. I can't explain the peace of mind I had knowing I didn't have to brace myself for any of his stupidity for a while. I was afraid his stunts would wind up bleeding over into my life. I almost feel like you should read this with a Canadian accent. Things were Fucking pretty normal for the first couple of days. He received a few bills, a bit of spam, <laughs> a bit of spam, and what I could only assume was a birthday card. Then one evening, I got home to find a cardboard box waiting on his front porch. In big red letters was written, Return to Sender. Yeah, so he, he, he dipped out of the country and like... Fuck out of here. I'm no small fry, but I admit I had trouble lifting the box on my own. <laughs> it was really freaking heavy. Lugging it across the road to my house was even harder, and I quickly realized there was no way I was going to drag it up the stairs and through my front door. Favor. Fucking A. Fucking A, right you do, bud. Hey, bud. I decided I'd leave this package in, in my garage. It wasn't like I kept my car in there. The garage door was a piece of shit that refused to open without a good plug in the lock. It was less trouble just leaving the car in the driveway than it was to fight with the garage door every morning and night. In hindsight, I should have set the package down while I struggled to open the tricky door, but you know how it is when you got a good grip on something. No point in setting it down if you don't have to, bud. It was as I kicked the door for a third time that I lost my grip on the package and it fell on the ground. I heard a light crack. Shit. Idiot. I hoped I hadn't broken anything important, but figured I wouldn't tell my neighbor about it and let him assure the break happened en route. Hands free, I finally managed to get the garage door unstuck and boy did it screech in protest as it rolled up and over me. I dragged the box the rest of the way, setting in the corner for wherever my neighbor would come back to claim it, and then I forgot all about it. Ooh. I boot it. <laughs> Until a few days past, that is. I'm not sure exactly how long it took for the smell to waft in from the crack under the garage to house door, but it came in slow progression. It was a sickly sweet odor, similar to a skunk, and for the first few days after I smelled it, I genuinely assumed that's exactly what it was, roadkill that had left its mark on my house. It was only when I realized the scent was growing more intense instead of fading that I was looking for the source. That's when I opened the garage door, and that's when the odor knocked me back holding the nose. Oh, that's just Elizabeth Marsh's smell. Her friends are getting a jaboos. Oh, it's her minge. The culprit wasn't hard to identify. The only change in my garage was the box in the corner. I remember thinking it must have been one of those meat of the month subscription boxes, eh? The meat must have gone rancid from being left out in the fridge for so long. How much meat could have been in there for the box to have been so large and heavy? An entire frickin' cow? I covered my nose as I approached the box, a pair of scissors in my hands. I think it's some skunky herb. Some of that ganja. Devil's lettuce, methinks. I mean, does that smell like bad meat, though? Sometimes. Hmm. Skunky. I probably wouldn't have needed them to open it as it became soggy enough at the bottom to poke through with the finger, but I wasn't about to poke my finger into spoiled meat juices. That soggy bottom was the... <laughs> I'm gonna call myself soggy bottom from now on. <laughs> that soggy bottom was the reason I had to open the box in the first place. If I tried to drag it out whole, everything would spill onto the floor. I was going to have to dump the pieces of meat, one garbage bag at a time, and take them down to the dumpster, a process I was not looking forward to. My scissor tore through the tape along the top of the cardboard box. I thought the smell couldn't get any worse, but as, as I flipped the flaps open, I discovered a whole new gamut of stink. It was like opening a burning oven. 
but instead of a heat wave, I was met with waves of piss, sweat, shit, and putrefaction. It was so bad that I staggered back and had to force down the puke, begging to guzzle out of me. I don't think I could have handled that scent mingling with the horrors coming out of the box. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I ran out of the door for a breath of fresh air. But in the short time I'd spent in the garage, the smell had been so ingrained in the fabric of my clothes that it clung to me like shadow. Nothing I tried could keep the smell out of my nostrils, not air fresheners, not a face mask, not three showers and a change of clothes. Every second that box lay open in my garage was another second the smell was allowed a foothold into my home. I had to bite the bullet. I returned to the garage, the flaps of the box still open, as though inviting me to look. I was prepared. A clothespin pinning my nostrils shut, a garbage bag in one hand, the strongest cleaner I could find in the other, long rubber gloves to keep my skin from having to touch what was inside. As it turns out, I needed none of those things. I would not have to touch or clean the contents of that box, I would only have to suffer the nightmares every night. You see, there was a meat in that box, but it did not come from a cow or a pig. Nope, it was worse than that. It was my neighbor, dead, still in one piece, but dead. Idiot. I called the cops and naturally they took me in for interrogation. It's kind of hard not to suspect the man with the corpse in his garage after all. Thankfully, they soon realized I wasn't involved. My DNA might have been all over that box. The smell might have left a mark throughout my house, but there was one piece of irrefutable evidence in my neighbor's own hands that proved my innocence of logging camera. Idiot tried to They showed himself. me the footage only once. I'm not sure if they were allowed to or if they felt so bad for me they figured it couldn't hurt. Either way, I saw it. My neighbor was sitting in the box outside of a shipping facility laughing as he told the world how he was going to mail himself across state lines. He brought pee bottles, food, a pillow, and a few flashlights but forgot all about his best friend, oxygen. Oh. His friend, a guy I'd seen at the place several times to help with his stunts, closed the lid and presumably dropped him off for shipment, and throughout the next couple of hours or days, I'm honestly not sure, my neighbor recorded a few short clips about his progress. I think I'm in a, a truck now. I can feel it moving. <laughs> Must be in a warehouse. Pretty warm here. Still got plenty of food. That kind of stuff. And then on the last entry, the box toppled over, he broke his neck, and that was it. Shit. The camera recorded until either the memory card got too full or the battery died. There's one thing I didn't tell the police after they showed me the video, one thing I heard in the footage that will haunt me to this day, to the day that I die. Just after the tumble that broke his neck, I heard the familiar screeching sound of my garage door. Nice. That crack. That's good. That's a fun little hearty twist right there. Got rid of my fucking stupid ass neighbor, eh? I like that one. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> it's a good one. I bet that one got a lot of hits. I'll hit you, bud. <laughs> that one... Um, there was at least one hit. That one was a, a fun time. Definitely a good creepypasta. Ooh. So the first one was something gross to look at. The second one was, like, smelly. Maybe you'll be hearing some grossness. Hey, well, that's fun because yeah. the story is called The Pianist. Penist, some would say, but it sounds too close to penis that they don't say it like that. Yeah. Um, I'm here to tell you the story of my good friend, Ivan. Russian accent, let's go. <laughs> yes, Ivan does have two ends. Um, 
fuck up a Russian accent. Yeah, you don't have to do Ivan was 15 if years old. If you can't, then don't. <laughs> he was a piano prodigy. Piano prodigy. He was playing Vinvaldi Vin, Vin and Beethoven. Vinvaldi. <laughs> Vivaldi and Beethoven before he could even talk. How many different ways did I pronounce your your last name tonight? Like, I don't want to talk like about it. Five? <laughs> five different ways? Yeah, probably. Um, I met Ivan via business transaction uh, about a year ago. He was buying my old piano. I should never I sold him. Never sold him that piano. I knew what it was capable of. It was a Steinway grand piano. Damn. I've had it locked away in a storage unit for years. Ivan saw me in my storage unit one day. Uh, he worked there as a temp. He would clean the junk out of old abandoned units. And he saw the shape of the piano under the thick canvas cover. He acquired about it, and I jumped at the chance to get rid of it, uh, not considering the consequences. I sold it to him for $1,000. He was quite surprised at how little I wanted. He had offered ten, but I just wanted it gone. I told him that it had been in the unit for ten years, but I knew it would be in perfect tune. It never loses its tune. Ivan paid for it to be hauled out of the out of the unit and brought it to his home. It was gone within the hour. He was so excited. He got into his car to head home. I tried to issue a warning, but he didn't hear me. Ivan never was a good listener, uh, in the literal aspect. He could, however, hear a song once and then be able to play it in the exact key. Within 15 minutes. He's got one of those, one of them good ears. Ivan arrived at his home, and the piano was already in his music room. It was pitch black. He switched on the lights, and they flickered eerily. The shadows of the fan blades crawled across the ceiling. The piano was sitting in the middle of the floor, open and ready to play. Ivan wasted no time. He went to the piano and sat down on the bench. What happened next should have been enough to scare Ivan off, but he was determined to play. He pumped the sustain pedal a few times to get the feel of it. He heard a particular noise. It sounded like a heartbeat. He pumped it a few more times. Ba-bum. 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 The entire house was shaking. Beads of cool sweat rolled down Ivan's forehead. Ivan was a rather adventurous individual, though uh, perhaps more than he should have been. He reached up and positioned his hands on the first chord of his favorite song, Requiem for a Dream. In his left hand was G, B flat, D, G, and on his right was a G octave. Ivan lifted his hands and slammed them back onto the keys. There was a blood-curling scream. Ivan slammed his hands over his ears and fell off the bench. The piano stood silent, the last of the scream fading away. As I said, Ivan was more adventurous than most, so he got back on the bench. He lightly tapped D-flat and brought his hands to near his head again, but heard the dulcet tune of the intended note this time. Ivan, feeling more comfortable, 
started into the melancholy Moonlight Sonata, another personal favorite of his. All was going well, but when he tried to stand up, he couldn't move at all. His hands and foot started moving on their own, playing Moonlight Sonata, but all wrong. His right hand in the key of D flat, left in the key of D. It sounded harsh, melodic. He, he was also playing much faster and louder. This went on for the rest of the evening, each time louder and faster. Scratches began to show on the keys he was using. He was nearly melting the ivory. I believe it was around 3 a.m. when Ivan finally did stop. He tore his hands away from the piano and crawled over to the corner of the room. He looked at his hands. His fingers were mangled and broken, a big bloody mess. He glanced back at the piano, and blood was seeping up from between the keys. The flow increased. The floor was now covered in blood. The scream started again. Ivan itched his way over to the door and escaped the room. He got downstairs and entered his living room. The details are a little fuzzy from this point, uh, but Ivan hung himself that morning. This is the note he left behind. She's watching. Always. Always watching. Had to end it. All better. B-A-B-A-F-G-F-G-E-D-C-B-A-C-E-D-G-B-A-G-F-E-D-C. I think Ivan left the string of the letter as instructions. Uh, I think it was the notes to a song. Um, I've burned the house with the piano in it. I was too afraid to play the song. Uh, I ended it all that night. I spent my days now sitting in the storage unit, just looking at where the old piano used to be. I'm so sorry, Ivan. He said at the beginning that he knew what he was doing, don't try to bait us with your apologies at the end. You killed that man. Anyway, uh, I have one clue for what the song is at the very end. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. No. Never gonna run around. It's definitely oh. not. No, it definitely isn't. But, it hurt you? But that's the joke. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> is that uh, I haven't got trolled to death. Well, I, I um, it's have ironic played that you read Moonlight the, Sonata this, on a piano. It is ironic that you read this story because you Probably are a dozens, musician. Probably if not hundreds of times. Yes. Yeah. Had to end it. All is better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baba I liked <laughs> Baba Ganoush. I liked the beginning. Um, I thought the ending was kind of stupid. But um, that is a creepypasta. And I like I like creepy pianos, creepy music, creepy... Um, I thought creepy the whole creases. thing was kind of... Kind of stupid. Melancholy, yeah. It read to me as, like, I want to be Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. but I'm too lazy. Thunk, thunk. <laughs> I'm done reading A little bit, now. yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. Anyway. I did. It wasn't It wasn't the worst story I've ever No, read. it definitely wasn't. And now, we are going, switching tunes halfway through the episode. We are ready to hit all you with some... 
credit. No sleep. Who wants to read Stranded in Hell? I think we should do it in the same order. Stranded in Hell. Hell. From Reddit, no sleep. I did it all for the nookie. Just kidding. I did everything for her. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm Don't gonna, take it back. Embrace I've, it. I've thrown this statement out in a lot of different groups. Um, I'm going to also throw it out into the listener base. Um, I What's am Actually, let me do this. Let me do out of the cast base. Well, let me ask you this. Let me, let me ask you this. That was my uh, impersonation of every podcaster ever. Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I have listened to Moreland Biscuit than any other host on this show. I've probably listened to Moreland Biscuit than every other individual combined. So much so that I've listened to at least four hours of Limp Biscuit this fucking week. I like okay. biscuits. I don't like them limp. I like Limp Biscuit a lot. And, you, and certain people have been like, you shouldn't you be proud of at? that. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> he just wanted you all to yeah, know. I just want everyone to know. I want to make sure that people are aware that I am a Limp Bizkit fan. The person. Do or die. Hey, the, hey, the, deputy, to me, that sounds like being stranded in hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The person that has your face out there oh, immediately shit. just threw it away. I hope you know that. I'm sure they did. I did everything. And then they went and whist- listened to Linkin Park. <laughs> Corn or bust, baby. I like Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, do we, we could. I could have this conversation for a long time. We will not. We're not. Yeah. Two thousand children. Top. Let's begin. Start from the top. I did everything for her. Please yeah. remember that. And you I will start everything. at the beginning, just like I you asked. Did everything. Hey, for her. my wife and I, we woke in a suspended cage. All of our clothes were torn in places. Oh no. But our bodies were fine. The cage was dirty and bare. The only thing in it was us. Outside the bars of the cage was an unending landscape of jagged rock, featureless except for the things that moved across its surface. People and things that were not people. This is how my wife and I woke up in hell. It was actually pretty cool. It was like going to Cancun. The Ted Cruz meant. We were both rational. He's there. But rationality only lasts so long. We cried. We screamed for help. We moved past emotion. The cage was our home for a time. But eventually, the hunger forced us to make a decision. The cage was unlocked. Why would it not be? It was hung from the ceiling, with a massive chain suspending us thousands of feet from the floor. The landing was not soft, but in hell, your body never stays broken. We learned this after the jump. Fair. Jumping (laughs) jumping to conclusions, I think. We walked for a very long time. Many people around us had either given up, chosen to lay on the floor and moan, or they walked like we did, my wife and I. So comfy down here. She kept making me go. And I'd like to think I, her. The things that were not people were the only true reminder of where we were. All different from the next. Some of them were massive, crushing people in their wake. And others worked like a hive. A single mind for countless bodies. All of them had teeth and claws, stained from use. Okay. There was a ceiling, so there had to be walls. There was a goal, at least. Something to do amidst the terrible hunger and pain. Yeah, let's all go rock climbing. Hell yeah. The ceiling was as flat as the land before us. Its only feature was a gaping hole that only had the ragged winged creatures could travel through. A way out, maybe? I did everything for her. A long enough time and you get used to anything. Hell almost seemed redundant. 
The sound of unending pain was boring and the sound of bone crackling was common. The only two things needed avoiding was the dark and the sacks. My balls. Oh, oh here we go. Going back to them the sacks. The gentlemen, the eggs, the huevos. That's Testicles. Eggs. In the shadow of the greater creatures, people sunk into the floor. Almost as if the dark came alive. Uh, their desperate fighting and screams lost to total blackness. We only saw this twice. The other peril, the sacks, were large, unmoving, and made from burned flesh. Huh. My wife and I watched the man limp to one. Oh, hey, yeah. what are you doing, sack? <laughs> it screamed at you. him. A high-piercing <laughs> noise that drew us close from our vantage point. It sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. I thought of a siren briefly before the man was sprayed with blood. The force of it sent him backwards. My right arm was also covered, and it began to itch with a force I thought impossible. Before my eyes, my arm became a deep red as it hardened like steel, my fingers sharpening. In my terror, I paid little attention to the monster that sprang from the place the man landed. The sacks were in the forges which demons were made. Great. My arms never stopped itching, and my attempts to satisfy it with my left hand made my fingernails cracked and broken. He just has poison ivy, it's fine. Great. But I had a way to provide for my wife. I used my arm to cut and maim people. Hell nice. Let's talk this about is Morph X. I knew it. Morph X. Stealing clothes, food, shelter. We forgot our pain by forcing it onto others. I did everything and more for her. There was no way to keep track of time, but it was so long I forgot my name. The only thing I never forgot was my wife and my love for her. What got us in the end was one of the sacks, the siren. The call of them was undeniable, at least to my wife. I tried to stop her, but she was always faster, and my arm made running impossible with its great weight. Baby, just dragging that bitch alone. I followed her, screaming, begging her to listen to me. But she was coated in the sick blood of that thing by the time I got to her. Her body grew larger, her arms larger, almost tentacle-like. Her screaming deepened as her feminine form was lost to the changing. I cannot imagine the agony she was in. Her head grew horns. Her back grew great leathery wings. Her legs fell off at the knee with a snap. She was asked to do a music video for Rodney James Dio. Oh, I was gonna ask if she wanted to do one for Limp Biscuit. Oh shit, that's so much better than what I saw. <laughs> oh, Dio, the man. Once her transformation was done, she gave me a knowing, pained look. I had tears in my eyes. The first true liquid I felt since we got down here. I was picked up by one of her new arms and flapped off her wings took us up. Wow, this took a turn. I felt the wind ripping through me and the roar of our fellow demons as we tore through the hole in the ceiling. Darkness taking over us, they're going right to Ozzy to get bit. Hell yeah. My waking mind found myself sitting in a smashed car. The truck had hit us head on, sending my alcohol containers all over the interior. I knew they were mine because my wife did not drink. In the passenger seat, my wife's legs were crushed my own arm hanging limply by the smallest amount of flesh possible. I looked into her dimming eyes, her iris bright red and growing with fire before she shut them forever. She did everything for me. I'll never forgive myself, and I don't think I should. God damn. Drunk what and a, driving. What a twist. Hey, don't drink and drive, folks. That's that's the harsh reality that that stings harder than having imaginary holes in your legs. <laughs> It's almost as worse as a Limp Biscuit video. God damn it. He opens himself to us and then you do this to, to him. To, to be fair, and I'm going to say this and sound like a little bit of a snob, um, 
I follow Wes Borland, who is the guitar player, more than I actually follow Limp Bizkit, but because I He's really enjoy Wes Borland, I listen to a lot of Limp Bizkit. He's backpedaling. I do like Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I am a Limp Bizkit fan. Where am I killed his wife? Continue. I did. I, I, <laughs> I, did, I did. I did. He immediately agrees. <laughs> oh. Hey, I did what I was supposed hey, to do. Hey, what'd you think of being stranded in hell, Deputy Dewey? I didn't like it. My, <laughs> my wife grew wings and she flew <laughs> out of that truck. That's funny. Fun the the funny thing, too, is I'm the driver that always keeps my arm out of the car. And for years, I never, like, thought about getting in a car accident. And then one day, some bitch in my car was just like, you know, if you get in an accident, your arm's going to, like, rip right off. And I was just like, why would you say that to yeah. me? It's like my favorite um, thing to do. I, I always, now have a new phobia. I always have an <laughs> yeah. uneven sunburn because my left arm is always out of the car when I, I drive. I agree with you, and now I'm frightened. <laughs> I, I got the first car accident I ever got into. I was lucky that my window was down because if it was up, the glass would have shattered into my face. Oof. That's fucking gnarly. T-boned. Anywho, well. let's read some fake stories about stupid shit next. <laughs> You don't want to go to hell? Let's avoid our real-life terrors and crumble into fiction. I'm in hell with holes. My turn for no sleep story number two. Oh, which do you think was better, holes or stranded in hell? I like stranded in hell more than the whole story. Interesting. I was going to say, that was a six versus, like, a three. I like the holes more. He likes the grossness. That's fair. New neighbors are really starting to freak me out. <laughs> From Reddit, no sleep. I usually like these ones because the titles make me laugh, and then the story's fucking awful and it scares me. Your last one was about a neighbor, too. Something really creepy. Oh my god. Something really creepy is happening across the street. Wasn't sure where to post my experience. Was directed here from a friend. Wondering what you guys make of this. So about a month ago, the neighbors across the street who have lived here for 25 plus years suddenly packed up and left. No warning, no goodbyes, nothing. Never even saw a for sale sign posted on their lawn. There was an older couple. They were an older couple, and I wasn't terribly close with them, but they were friendly enough that I said hi to catch up when we caught each other outside. They were good, kind people. I was pretty upset to see them just leave like that. Nearly three days after they were gone, a sold sign was put up near the front of the house. I remember thinking how remarkably fast it sold. Three days, and not once did I see an open house or people visiting. Another week or so went by before new neighbors finally moved in. They only arrived with a pretty small U-Haul truck. They hardly had any belongings. The new family that moved in was a middle-aged Asian couple. Oh, we saw Hasabi. We, yeah. we move in the neighborhood. Oh, we don't. We don't time need we smoke in it. <laughs> I remember they came to visit my house. I'm gonna cut that. I remember they came to my house. <laughs> I to can't say sound hello. racist on my podcast. They yeah. went around our street visiting all the houses to say hello, which only if uh, if, only if it makes if you Funks feel better. Trill was here. Yeah, my my mind immediately went to smoking opium behind the house. Hey, there you go. Or giving out hand jobs for massage fees. They went around our street visiting all the houses to say, Havro, which I thought was a really nice gesture at the time. Although I don't understand what the hell they were saying. (laughs) They were quiet, but they seemed very nice. Very nice. Anyway, last night I was woken up around 2 a.m. by this like, constant banging sound. It's a fucking yeah. gong. <laughs> bang, bang. Oh, sorry, neighbor. We took the practice on music at night. And it was a bong. Rhythmic and constant, like the sound of someone slamming a hammer down on a wooden table over and over. 
I got out of bed trying to figure out what the noise was or where it was coming from. It took me a few seconds to realize it was coming from outside. I slowly opened my window, which faces the street in my neighbor's house. It was pretty dark out and I couldn't make out much, but the sound was definitely coming from outside near the neighbor's house. I live on a cul-de-sac. So to the left of my house is nothing but woods. Uh, and this would be my neighbor's right hand side. This is exactly where the sounds were coming from deep in the woods. Bang, 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 just over and over again. It never sped up, it slowed down or stopped. It just constant. Getting chills just thinking about it. So I close the window, thinking the noise will stop eventually. Nope. Ten whole minutes go by and something outside is still banging. I got back out of bed and opened my window again, trying to look into the darkness to make out what was making the sound. I couldn't see a thing. So I go downstairs, I grab a flashlight and come back upstairs to my room. There was no way I was going outside. Hey, at least this guy got brains. I get to the window, turn on my flashlight and shine it into the woods. The second the light hits the trees, the banging stops. I mean instantly, just silence. I remember shivering so hard when that happened. I peered through the opening of my window into the dimly lit woods my light was hitting. I couldn't see anything at all, just woods and trees. I waited a couple more minutes and then turned off my light, figuring it must have been an animal or whatever. And the banging stopped, so I was fine. Just as I'm crawling back into bed, bang, 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 I swear to God, I literally just sat there frozen in bed. I can't remember being so creeped out in my life. I don't know what came over me, but I eventually jumped out of bed, opened the window, and yelled out, Hey! <laughs> the banging stopped. <laughs> the rest of the night, there was no more banging. But it gets weirder. I woke up this morning, kind of not thinking about what happened last night, and as I leave to go to the work, as I leave to go to work, I see it. Deep in the woods next to my neighbor's house was a broken down shed I've never seen before. I'm not even sure if I would call it a shed. It couldn't have been more than seven or eight feet tall, if that, and it was wide enough to just fit a handful of people. The size of the shed wasn't what disturbed me, though. It was how dilapidated it looked, despite never being there before. The shed had two front doors with oval windows, and both doors were rusted off and hanging by their hinges. The roof slanted inwards and the walls were caved in on themselves. It looked like it was about to collapse at any second. That's when I started thinking, what the hell did my neighbors... Thinking, what the hell did my neighbors build this last night at two in the morning? The banging noise had to be a hammer or something. But seriously, what the hell? It was the middle of the night. And so I'm sitting here writing about this to you guys in my room at one in the morning because it's all I'm thinking about when the banging starts again. It's still banging. I can hear it right now. That's not all, though. There's a light coming from the shed now, and I can see it from my room, just barely. The banging sounds are coming exactly where the shed is. It's one in the morning. I have no idea what the hell is going on. I know a lot of people may not believe me, so I took some pictures of the shed, took them with my iPhone, so apologies for the crummy image quality. That's not an excuse. <laughs> they have very, very good cameras. The first picture I took this morning when I saw the shed for the first time. The second picture I took just now. You can just barely make out a light coming from the shed. I'm not sure if I should call the police or... Oh, God. The banging just stopped. Someone's screaming outside. Noise. It's, uh, it's where am I? And he's wondering what happened to all the white castle he ordered. Yeah. <laughs> ah! It's 
Deputy Dewey telling me that he'll be my friend and then stab me in the back at the last possible minute. That sounds like me. You should be. <laughs> you should continue to watch A Way Out. <laughs> Wink. It's probably already done at this point. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, story was fun. I like slice of, slice of life things. You know, I like the neighbor things, the Disturbia-esque quality of it. I think the, the number of times that you've betrayed me in something that we've done is the number one reason why I want to kill you as your DM. <laughs> Just like constantly. I want to I like... Think, when have I That's betrayed fair. you? you? You're always my DM. No, no, no. I, in other games. Oh. In, in non-D&D games, you betray me like well, we, literally ninety percent of the time that we play a different game. I mean, that's usually my strategy in games for exactly. survival because yes. like I notice who will be like a person that will betray Deception. me, and I'm just like, well, I'll fuck them up first. And to be fair, you had me in an airlock in the Alien game. I was just trying to destroy the whole <laughs> ship, whether or not you were, point. you know, like that's. Uh, uh, hey, good whatever. times. We got to play that hey, again sometime. You know, we all made our intentions very clear that playthrough. Um, shout out to Nemesis, very good board game. Ah, oh, so good. Um, where am I? Would Would you think of the neighbor story with the Satan shed? Uh, not enough. Yeah, correct. Not enough. Just it's, falls it's, falls it's below the of, quotient. Oh sure, you know, my First, neighbors were banging real loud, and now somebody's. Screaming. So do you think the Return to Sender was a better story? Yes, I kind very of very much so. I, I kind agree. of agree. And I like I like I the think, way the return to yeah, center is kind of poetic. The, the build up was better. Yeah. The climax was better. And hey, I hate when shit happens better. in the middle of the night. I hate creepy neighbors. I love my neighbors here, oh. all of them. Like I, I, I can put myself in this character's perspective and be just as terrified. But, but I'm I a think neighbor for most people. But I think the I just think the better story was the return to center one because it was oh, yeah. written better. It felt better. Yeah. It moved better, and I liked the ending more. And return not, to not sender. a knock against the other one. You know? No, this is a fine story, but, yeah. you know, we are doing a war of Creepypasta versus yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Reddit No Sleep, and this one I'm going to give to Creepypasta. In return to and, Sender. And the last one you said No Sleep was better. Yeah. So we are one versus one going into <laughs> our final story. Let's see what Where Am I is going to read. For my ninth birthday, I got the coolest walkie-talkies ever. More sounds. So... You get sounds, you get neighbors, I get holes. This is great. My ninth birthday was the greatest. I got a Transformers playset with a Bumblebee and Megatron. Bumblebee! A really, really cool Optimus Prime cake. And my mom made it herself. Nice. I also got a pair of old walkie-talkies that my dad said were his when he was a little boy. Sometimes, son. He'd tell me with a little hat on my shoulder. The old-fashioned toys are the greatest. You would not believe the fun I had with these when I was a kid. And now, I want you to have that fun, too. I wasn't sure about them at first, but I came around pretty quickly. Uh, Dad would always have one, and I'd have the other. And we'd talk to each other like we were Autobots carrying out a secret mission. Bumblebee, this is Optimus. He'd say to me, My dad already did a great Optimus Prime voice, but the crackly reception of the walkie-talkies made him sound even better. I think the Decepticons are planning an assault on the kitchen. They're going to steal all your dinner. I gave a gasp of mock fear. Oh no! 
What can we do, Optimus? My dad chuckled down the line. He loved my bumblebee voice. I think they've already begun stealing the fish sticks. Those fiends! But if you get here fast, I think we can save the chocolate sundae from Starscream. I'll be down there at the speed of light, Optimus! And then we both, at the same time, said, Autobots, roll out! out. Bumblebee's a little, uh... A little bit. <laughs> it went from being just an okay gift to one of my favorite presents ever. We got hours of fun in the walkie-talkies at home, in the park, and even at nighttime. If I got scared by some of the funny noises that came, come out of the basement sometimes, <laughs> all I needed to do is pick up the walkie-talkie and press the button on the side, and I'd hear my dad become Optimus Prime, and I'd feel safe again. But two weeks after my birthday, something really awful happened. My dad was having some rooms in the house soundproofed so Mommy could practice playing her violin. And while all the workmen were in the house, my dad's walkie-talkie went missing. It had totally and completely vanished. I cried for quite a while, even though I'm a big boy. <laughs> I just had so much fun goofing around with my dad on them. It made me really sad that we wouldn't be able to have that fun again. He told me he'd buy me some new ones in the future, but that just didn't make me feel any better. One day, something weird happened though. I was in my bedroom playing with the Transformers playset that mom and dad had gotten me for my birthday when I heard my walkie-talkie beeping underneath the bed. The kind of beep it makes when someone is calling me. I'd stashed the walkie-talkie under the bed since dads went missing. I don't like this. But I quickly dropped Bumblebee and Megatron and grabbed it. I pressed the little receive button on the side of the walkie-talkie, and I heard the voice of a little girl, probably about my age. She sounded really worried. Please, I need help. Come and help me. She said, she sounded like a hurt puppy. What kind of help do you need? I asked, feeling so nervous. I didn't feel as much like Bumblebee then. She kept doing these quiet sobs, like she was really badly hurt. The monster, he took my arm yesterday. He took my leg last week when I tried to run away. How did you get my walkie-talkie? <laughs> Priorities. Probably not how I would have read that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's so dark here. I'm so afraid. I don't want my mommy and daddy. Now I was getting really frightened. Where are you? I asked. I don't know. The monster took me from my house and put me in here. He wears a white mask. And he has a big knife. I think I'm gonna die if I don't get a doctor. <laughs> Oh, there was President a of the United States, Joe Biden. You <laughs> said my ears smelled hey, good. Hey, little girl. Hey, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the POTUS. You know what they say? The POTUS, the POTUS has, yeah, the POTUS big has, the, has a big penis. <laughs> there was a creaking noise, like a door opening. The walkie-talkie stopped. 
She must have taken her finger off the button. You weren't meant to do that. I didn't hear anything from the girl on the walkie-talkie after that. It seemed like such a silly, mean joke. Uh, but I did keep the walkie-talkie close to me, just in case she called back. I felt really worried for her. The week after that, the walkie-talkie started beeping, and I pressed the receive button with a trembling figure. Bumblebee, this is Optimus. My dad's voice was full of happiness. Guess who just found your walkie-talkie? Oh, no. I squealed in excitement. My dad was beaming when he walked into the bedroom, holding the walkie-talkie proudly and giving it a few clicks just to make sure it was in tip-top shape. Of course I ran over and hugged it. Where did you find it? I asked. Oh, he said. It was just lying around in the basement. It must have fallen out of my pocket last time I was down there. Silly me. Giggling, I gave him a great big hug while he hugged me back. I have such a great dad. <laughs> Which one did you like more, penis or, or walkie-talkie man? I liked walkie-talkie man. It's a fun one. Yeah. They had fun with it. And, 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 yeah. it's, and it's uninformed because it's from the perspective of a small, stupid little child. Mm -hmm. made me which think makes of, it silly. Made me think of the principal and the son in uh, Trick or Treat. Absolutely. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, when, when they said soundproofing the house, I was like, yeah, this guy's got a murder house. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I, I, I predicted it earlier on. Not surprised. Not disinterested, very happy at the, the follow through with it. Um, it's, it's the fun, it's the fun part of this type of episode where you get to see just how much someone would, could do or what direction they want to go in with just three or four pages. Yeah. Um, it looks like we end the night with Reddit, no sleep, the winner. Looks and like I, a golf clap. I do, I do think, I do think that's fair because more often than not, um, no sleep just hits uh, a frequency with people that just feels more real, feels yeah. like it's coming from a better place. Um, creepypastas tend to be presented almost like, uh, you know, the scary stories they are. I think no sleeps try to be more believable. They try to be more slice of life. They try to be more, uh, I guess, artful might mm. be the right word. Mm -hmm. Not as uh, posted with intent, whereas creepypasta is yeah, just yeah. That's creepypasta is like anything with anything that anyone finds creepy could go on there. But the subjectivity of creepiness is a pretty wide spectrum. Yeah. Versus no sleep being a very experimental format, you could read a bunch of different shit on no sleep. Um. Anyway, hey, what what did you what did you think, uh, Mister Dep Depdu? Well, where am I? Can I mail you to Fred Durst? Ooh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you know Fred Durst has a TikTok? I didn't. Yeah. I think I like where am I Did stories. Guess who guess who follows Fred Durst on TikTok? I'm not where am I? millions of people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like his stories too. Uh, where am I? What what did you think of your first episode back after fucking killing yourself? Um <laughs> In the house oh, on fire. We, yeah. we both died. Oh yeah, you were my dead boys. You're my dead boy yeah. episode. You guys, you guys both. Uh, well, you got domed. I mean, you did kind of kill yourself too, but uh, you definitely killed I got, yourself. I got blowjobs to death. Yes. Well, you got fucked to death. I'm gonna 
in my head visualizes a blowjob. The very as the flames yeah. crisp your body, yeah. her head is on your penis. With, yep. With you telling me the betrayal thing, thinking back on it, betrayal. I, I totally should have handcuffed you after you came back from death. <laughs> betrayal. <laughs> I thought about it too. Yeah. Well, no one saw him die. Well, he came back from death, and then like I saw him then, and I contemplated handcuffing him right then and there. Ah, you should have said something like that out loud. I would have purported that (laughs) said said event so someone could have saved him. Someone could have saved him. Oh, but anyway, uh, that's a shout out to the Chaos in the Woods. Definitely give a listen to 200, 201, 202, and 203 for that fucking conquest of a series. Um, When I talk about betrayals, I'm more talking about the thing game. Oh, thing game. Is Those just, resonate hard with me. Thing oh, game God. is something else, and we have a we have a playthrough coming up next month, so I'm sure we'll be back to talk about it with whoever's on the show, whatever anecdotes we gain this time. Because I still tell the stories about how Tenron last time ran out into the woods and started doing the whole <laughs> Blair Witch thing, recording on his phone. He's just like, yeah. they've taken my friends. And I'm all alone. It was fucking hilarious, yeah. and then and then I talk about uh, about how you nose. you betrayed me on the last round after I had just vehemently tried to prove to everyone <laughs> how innocent so you were. Hard. I got so far, but in the end, it didn't, didn't really matter. <laughs> and uh, well, that was I, that was the same round that I got shot immediately for the same reason. No one ever trusts you, yeah, dude. You, you kind of set yourself. You come no with grave. your own baggage into the game, <laughs> yeah. and you don't make it easier for people the either. You are, I think you died every game. I've died every game I've ever played of that. Where am I? Hilarious. Where am I's main strategy is run around the house and scream. <laughs> well, and it never true. ends well. well. No, 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 no. My main task in that game, more often than anything else, is the science project. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is you that do, is my. You I've do never try to finished, get the blood test. I, I've I've finished the. I changed the science, that this time too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've I finished it once out of like a, a few different times, so like I can say I've completed it. Um, He's a Blair. I've boy. never been able to do anything with it after completing <laughs> the, it. The blood test. Yeah, like because yeah. I always just die immediately. Yeah, probably. Um, Fun thing, but yeah, new introduction to the game is for the people who don't want to go to rooms and look for things. I'm going to have things all over the house that people can find. So that's one little thing I'm, I'm changing is there are big boxes and small boxes. And the small boxes could be anywhere, inside, outside. Look for them, try and find them. So that's your challenge. We if you don't want to be all. in rooms with people, we now have a 50% spread going everywhere else. Uh, I'm really excited to see how that works out because I'm I not going to change any of my tactics. I don't like it. I trusted you for a moment. <laughs> see, see, I go into every game with a different tactic. Every, so that's I'd how like we're to think different. everyone does. I'd like to think anyone who's played it before goes into it knowing that it's among us in person and you have to change things up or else you're just going to be really easy to read the mm-hmm. entire time, which people who've never played before tend to be. Very telegraphed. I did feel bad the last time we had some newbies and they just seemed to like team up together the whole time. It's like, that's not how you have to One of them's coming back and I'm told that he's gonna try some new things. Yeah. Is that Spum Come? Come is coming. Come is coming. Come is coming! Thank God. Here's here's the fun new revelation. I'm I'm actually gonna. 
probably latch on to him for take at least him under one game wing. and just be like... Take him under your wing. Show him the ropes. We're go, like, I'm going to be like, here, sniff this real quick, and then we're going to go will. crazy. He oh, will. I know. Um, My goal is to get the flamethrower. Oh, I, I have never had the flamethrower, and I want to be the ultimate cop. Okay. It might be very possible for someone to have the flamethrower when there is no childs in play this time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know last time, for the last game, you let us choose characters, and I think that that's a really awesome final game. I'm reversing game. that this time. I'm doing something else when it comes to characters. Anyway, we okay. can talk more about this yeah. some other time. Um, yeah. but Let's I, let the listener get back to their life. I, I love talking about the Thing game. We're going to come back and talk about it some other time because i got a lot of new stuff to share, and I, I love telling stories about how we play it because it quite literally is among us in real life with fun little twists and turns and people dying and betraying one another, and it's just good. It's a fun time, and I'm really excited about where we're doing it and who's coming this time, and we got a lot of new people coming um, and a lot of different experiences I imagine are going to happen just because of the layout of the house itself. Um it's going to be an interesting time. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk all about it uh, here on the couches once again. Because this is Lots of Pasta with Deputy Dewey. Where am I? Be sure to not drink and drive and always check your holes. That's what he has to say. Where am I? What's your advice? Um, if your first roll of the game, your player hits a nat 1... And then you hit a nat, nat twenty. 20. Uh-huh. Um, some things are meant to happen. Yeah, some, some things some, are meant that, to be. That, some some things are destined. Yeah. And some things are fate. Hey, neat. <clears throat> I don't have anything thoughtful to say. I'm gonna instead say fuck off, and I'll see you next episode, fuckers. Away to the days and when the moon is high, Atlanta till we stand at the shore. At the shore.